welcome to the Building 58 podcast. Hey, Heather, good to see you again. Hi, good to see you. Been a long time, like two seconds. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're cute. So we're in our marriage series. Yeah. What are we going to talk about today? Well, it's a subject you've been especially waiting for. Especially? Sex specially? Yes. Nice. Intimacy? Is that a nice way of putting it? Intimacy in marriage. Yeah, because it really is more than just sex. It is. It's so much more. And all of these subjects, we were just talking offline, um, all of these subjects, they, they play into each other. It's not just about finances or uh, communication or sex. It's about all of them interacting with one another. Yes. That's what a marriage is. Yes. You said this before. It's not necessarily putting finances in a box or communication in a box. They're all jumbled together. They're like threads all woven together to create this marriage and this relationship. And sex is no different. Absolutely. And really, it's understanding what sex is, too, that... God created sex. Yes. And it's it's not a bad thing in the right context. It's a healthy thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's a thing. great thing. It's yes. a beautiful thing. He's the master designer of it. Right. But the world has perverted it. Right. The world has made it ugly. The world has made it um, something that would be labeled wrong or bad or inappropriate to talk about um, because they've taken it outside of what God has designed it for. So I think that a lot of times people don't talk about sex in forums like this or in church or in a healthy way because of what the world has done to it, what sin has done right. to it. Right, and I think the the shame and the guilt that the enemy projects because of failures that people have had because we're all human and we sin. Right. But because of that shame and guilt, the church a lot of times has swung the pendulum and just avoided talking about it. Right. That's that's just like burying your talent. Or if... Essentially, right? Yeah, absolutely. Or if you were in the church in the years that you and I were growing up, it was such a taboo thing where you would... All, like I could remember thinking if I had sex before I got married, it would be the absolute worst thing in the world and that... I would probably die and go to hell. Yeah. If that that's had happened. Basically what it was treated like. That's how it was approached. And which also is not a healthy way to communicate about it because it was it was taught and and really talked about as this thing that was so wrong um that you so I think so many people then got into marriage um and it wasn't a beautiful thing. Right. Because it had never been communicated about in a healthy way. Or they did have sex outside of marriage and then the shame and the guilt was so overwhelming right. and they just felt like a failure, um, which also is not not a healthy place to be in. No, because there is forgiveness for that. There is, um, you know, that can be brought to the cross and left there. Jesus right. died for your shame and your guilt. And to pick it up again is to... Um, not fully trust Jesus with what he did on the cross and took that punishment for you. Right. And so just to be very clear, our stance is what the Bible teaches, and it's that sex is meant to be inside of a marriage. It's not meant to be outside of a marriage relationship. And so just to state that right up front, that's what we believe. Um, That's what we would counsel anyone in. Um, But 
there is so much grace. And, you know, we have seen so many people who have come into a marriage who have had so much hurt and so much baggage around this particular topic, whether it was their own choices or something that was done to them, something that happened to them. And it has really hindered their marriage because of what happened prior to their marriage. And I just want to say there's healing and there's restoration that can take place when you're able to communicate and talk about it and get it out in the light. You know, Mm -hmm. anything that comes into the light then has this opportunity to be healed and to be dealt with. Um, And so I don't want anyone to feel shame or guilt as we're talking about this. We are going to talk about sex in the context of marriage inside of a marriage. Yeah, between a man and a wife. Between a, a man, and a, man woman. and a woman. But if you are in a place where you have past history um, sexually that is still overwhelming you, is still causing you to be in a place of shame and guilt, um, there's healing and mm-hmm. there's hope that you can again, once again, have a healthy sexual relationship with your spouse. Absolutely. So what does a healthy marriage sexually look like, Heather? That's a very broad question. (laughs) I know, which is why I threw it out to you first. (laughs) Why you're making me answer it first. Okay. Well, I want to talk about seasons because in any relationship, there are different seasons. Um, Even the Bible talks about this. Ecclesiastes talks about the seasons. And, you know, I think when you first get married, it's... It looks a lot different than a sexual relationship is going to look when you have littles at home and you're tired all the time and you're working really hard. And so I think you have to really look at what season you're in and then find what works for you and your spouse in that season. That's a really good point. I think some seasons call for a lot of creativity. All seasons do. Yes. Um, But battling together to make time for sex is huge. Right. And I will say this. I don't think there's ever a season of marriage where sex shouldn't be a priority. Now, having said that, obviously there are things that happen, illness, having babies, things like that, that are short periods of time where it's not available or it's not an option, but in a in an ongoing marriage that is not in a traumatic moment <laughs> or a life-altering moment, sex should be something that is a part of a healthy marriage. Absolutely. It should be the, a rhythm, like a heartbeat mm-hmm. of the marriage. Yep. And what that looks like is different for everyone, but that's something you and your spouse have to communicate about, and you have to understand the needs of your partner. Yeah. I think that's really important for men to understand because you're one, right? Mm -hmm. You're one, you're not two separate individuals, but for the men to understand the perspective of their spouse and vice versa for women to understand the needs of a man. They, we both have needs in this area called sex. And it's a, again, it's a beautiful thing. And it's so much more than just a physical act. Yes. This is a spiritual act. It is. It's uh, an emotional act. It's, um, it's the tying and binding together of your marriage. It's a picture of that unity. It really is a binding together of your souls. Yeah. 
your mind will There's and so much more going on than just a physical it act. It really is. I mean, I think people look at sex and they think just the body, right? Mm-hmm. But we're we're three parts. We're body, soul, and spirit. Yeah. Okay. And our soul is our mind, will, and our emotions. And I would say that the mind, will, and emotions part of sex is actually more important than the body part. Absolutely. Of and, sex. and that's where if things have happened in the past, that's where that shame and guilt can attack yes. the 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 uh, battlefield of the mind, will, and emotions, that soul, and that can create problems in the present. Right. If that's not dealt with. Right. Okay, so one of the things that was really helpful for us because it it is really difficult when well, first of all, sex when you're first married and you're newlyweds and you don't have kids. Glorious. Yeah, pretty nice. But then you have babies and it changes a lot mm-hmm. because the woman's body changes a lot and what is taken from her body changes. You know, so for me when I had babies, I was nursing them all day long, every day. You know, they were clinging to me all day long. And I'm not necessarily a touchy-feely person anyway. I don't like to be touched a lot. And so at the end of the day, you would come home from work and, you know, we finally get our babies to bed. And I did not want to be touched. I was like, oh, finally, someone's not clinging on to me. And you were like, yes, I finally get my wife back. She's mine now. And it was honestly an awful feeling to me. I felt like I was on all the time. So how did you, yeah, I can see that now with uh, perspective. How did you, you did a great job fighting through that because I really don't remember a lot of tension then. I I mean, obviously the baby stage is a difficult one. Right. But how did you fight through that? You know, I actually read a book right around that time that was so helpful. Um, I think it's called For Women Only. And in it, she has a whole chapter about, she wrote all of this book based around interviewing hundreds of men about their needs. Hmm. So it's a book for women to read to help them understand men. And one of the things that she talked about was how men need sex like they need oxygen. This is true. And that... One, I can't even relate to that in the least bit, like not even a tiny bit. Maybe some women can, but I can't. And I had to really learn that and understand that, that for you, it it was an actual physical need. Mm-hmm. Setting aside the emotional and the the soul part of it, you know, that binds us together as a spouse, it was a physical need for you. So that helped me. And you had to understand that sometimes, and I know you didn't, you don't like this, but sometimes you did just get the physical act and I was doing it out of duty, not out of desire. Yeah. Which is still very difficult for me. Right. But I'm saying in certain seasons, in certain seasons, I did it out of a love for you and not necessarily a desire. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so how could how could husbands be more how can they start this conversation with wives in this stage of life when the wives may not even know what's going on? Or other than like just they've got kids molesting their body all day long, that the last thing they want to be is touched at night. Yeah. You know, I think it has to start with the husband identifying what are the wife's needs. 
because there are things that we need, like we need oxygen. What are those? Uh, it's different for everyone. Yeah. I mean, I think for women, especially it's emotional. Yeah. It's romance. It's being noticed, being acknowledged, um, being heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, a big one is being helped yeah. around the house. Acts of service is my love language. So when you took the time to notice and to help me with things, to take a load off of my shoulders, I was more willing to then give you what you needed because I felt like I had been helped also in the areas that that were weighing me down. Yeah, and that's where we're talking about how everything impacts everything. Right. So really understanding those love languages is huge. Yeah. And how your spouse wants to be received and and give love. Right. Is absolutely critical to a healthy marriage. Right. And I'm not limiting men just to this, but I think so often men they really do just need some sex. You know, not that you don't have other needs, but I think for women to recognize that men aren't super hard to figure out. You know, yeah. it's pretty easy to make your husband feel like he is wanted and need and needed and to to fulfill him. I think guys have the harder job trying to figure out what we girls need. Yeah. But for for women it's so important that they feel like they also are having their needs met. Yeah, really, that women, at the end of the day, they want to be loved mm-hmm. and um, and shown that love, yeah. that care, that protection. For men, yeah, we, we do need sex like we do need oxygen. Yeah. But we also desire that respect that comes yeah. along with that. So it's that love and respect thing and that's it's a whole cycle it's it not is. just what happens in the bedroom right it's what happens outside of the bedroom that makes the bet what happens in the bedroom uh, so much better right so the other side of this and we could go on and on about this but it's this thought of protecting the intimacy that you have as a husband and a wife and what that looks like and i'm not talking about just sex. I'm talking about how you communicate and treat people outside of your marriage of the opposite sex. Yeah, we were talking about the emotions, the 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 conversations in other um with other people. Right. That you have to guard against. Just like we talked about weeks ago about in Deuteronomy talks about building a guardrail. Yeah. around your roof so you don't fall off. You have to build these guardrails in your marriage um, that you both agree to, to right. protect your marriage from, just like you have a security system mm-hmm. for your house yeah. so that a robber you know, doesn't come in. You have to protect your marriage in different situations, in work situations, yeah, that's right. in friend situations. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you're a girl and you had this great guy friend mm-hmm. growing up. Yep. It looks different now that you're married. That's right. There has to be guardrails around that. That's right. So what are some of the guardrails that we have in place to protect our marriage? Unless it's a very rare circumstance, I don't travel uh, alone with other women. Right. Um, or, or really meet with, I don't meet with women alone. Right. Um, and same with you. You don't meet with men alone. Uh, if we're texting, mm-hmm. um, other women will include each other yeah. or men will include each other yeah, on that text. Part. For the most part, yeah. there's there's exceptions. We don't have a hard and fast rule, but maybe your marriage does need a hard and fast yeah, rule you might. there. It's, it's really, it's, 
in Proverbs 5, it talks about, this is talking to the men specifically, but it talks about the immoral woman. And it says, stay away from her, stay away from her house. Like, don't even go in that zip code is yeah. what I'd translate it yeah. in modern language. Don't even go near that. Right. You know, it's 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 just common sense things because, you know, it's it's like if you're out past midnight, there's not anything good that happens after midnight. Right. Just stay home. Yeah. You know, yeah. stuff like that that may seem like common sense, but you have to put guardrails around so that you don't fall off the roof. Well, and I think you have to be really careful that even in like we're in ministry. And so we have to be very careful too, not to get caught up in ministry type settings where it would be you and another woman alone or me and another man alone. That's just, that's, there's nothing good that's going to come of that. You can always pull someone else in or wait, wait for another opportunity. So another one that we would have in place would be what we watch, what we put in front of our Mm -hmm. eyes and what we read. You know, there's been a lot of conversation over the last five plus years with certain books that have come out and that have been really wildly popular and they're very sexually driven storylines and it's basically pornography in book form. Yeah. And I think that's more like the women have to guard more of their emotions in general Mm -hmm. in that area. And I think there's a fair amount of the other side of that with women too. Like, well, for the most part, men are very visual. True. So we have to guard our eyes like nothing else. True. Right? And women generally have to guard the emotions yes. more. But there's uh, there's crossover in both areas. That's true. But, you know, even like television now, you can get, you know, a show on Netflix. It's a great storyline, but it's got so much nudity or it's got so much sexual tension in it. And some people might say, well, yeah, but that that's healthy for us in our marriage because it makes it exciting in our marriage. And I would just submit to you that it's actually the opposite, that that's something that should be reserved for you and your spouse. And pu- what we put in front of our eyes is it's so important. We're supposed to guard it yeah. and be very careful about what you're watching and what you're reading. Well, and if you're, you know, some people would say, well, where's the line? The line is if you're in your in the word every day and the Holy Spirit is you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you, then you'll know you'll know when you need to turn that off. Yep. You'll know when you need to walk the other way. You'll know if you Jesus is my sheep, hear my voice right. or know my voice. If you are listening for the Father's voice in everything that you do, you'll know when you hear the wrong voice. And I think there have been seasons of our lives where we have not been as much in tune with the Holy Spirit and his voice because we haven't been in his word as much. And we've allowed ourselves to watch things that in other seasons, when we are in close fellowship with the Lord, we would be like, oh, no, we can't, we can't have that in front of our eyes. And so I I love that. There's not a, this is okay. And that's not okay. That's legalism. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is being in tune with the Holy Spirit so that when that comes, like, hey, this might not be appropriate, you turn it off. Absolutely. And also, what standard are you setting for your children? Because they're watching everything that you do, and you by you doing it, they will say, oh, well, mom and dad did it, so it must be okay. Exactly. Yeah, the, the marriage that you mirror for them sets their marriage up either for success or failure. Yeah. 
I know this is a difficult conversation for some people. Sex is not, it's not an easy thing in a marriage. And there's a lot of marriages out there who are this area of their life. It's very broken. And so maybe it's not for you. The, the steps to healing and restoration this in this is not, we're going to have sex once a week, every week, because that might not be practical for you right now. Maybe it's that you begin communicating with your spouse about your emotional needs. And then maybe from there, you build on those building blocks to get to a place where you can have a healthy sexual relationship with each other. I think that's so good, Heath. Uh, One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible actually comes from Song of Solomon's. That is a book that is just crazy. It is crazy, but it's it's probably not the verse you're thinking of. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what verse came to your mind when I said Song of Solomon's. Okay, tell but me, it says what is it? it says this: "Your banner over me is, is love. love." That's so good, and that's really because God is love. Yeah, and His banner over our lives is love. If we're treating our marriage with having a banner over our spouse of love, which love is laying down your life yeah. for the other person. Yeah. And that's, as a husband, that's my responsibility. That's my duty yeah. as um, as a as a following a biblical mandate of a husband is to lay my life down for my wife, because that's what Jesus did, does, did for us. Mm-hmm. And that's the banner over, I hope, the banner over your, your head will yeah. be my love. Yeah, that's so good. And that extends into every single area, including this really beautiful thing called sex. Yeah, that's so good. One of my favorite things that you do is when you ask me, what can I do for you? And I don't always have an answer. You know, I mean, sometimes I don't need any, I don't need you to do anything for me. But it knowing that you genuinely mean that, what do you need from me right now? That makes me feel so loved, so thought of, Um, And sometimes there is something that I need from you, whether it be something physical that I need you to do or something Mm -hmm. emotional or just the thought that you're thinking about me and what my needs are. is really, really powerful. Because uh, we're so selfish as human beings, right? Yeah. So if we can get in the habit of asking that question and mean it genuinely to see somebody else, especially our spouse, and say, how can I help you? That's you're actually helping yourself. Yeah. Because if you view marriage as your one, you're asking, how can I help our marriage? Right. But when it's truly coming from a place of selflessness and humility and saying, what can I do for you? Man, that's that shows love. That's that's projecting love into your marriage. Right. And then it extends to every single area. Yeah. So maybe your marriage is not in a place where you have you have a healthy sex life. Um don't beat yourself up about that. Hey, you could always have a healthier sex life. That's true. You can. But I just want people to know that there, it's a process. Yeah. And th- it may be that this is a really, really big deal in your marriage, but there's hope. And you can start. you can start with small things and you can build on that. And I get that a marriage that is in crisis mode, that's probably the last topic that you want to think about or talk about. So don't feel like we're saying this is the answer for everything because we do understand that there are times and situations where there are other things that require the most attention in your marriage. And I think wherever you're at, 
whether you have like a really healthy sex sexual marriage or you've got some work to do yeah. wherever you're at you can take a step today to get healthier right and it starts really in the kitchen it starts in the living room mm-hmm. it starts by saying hey what can i do for you it starts yeah. by taking your eyes off of yourself and your selfishness and looking to meet the needs of the other person and it looks different in every season we're in a season now where our kids or one of our children stays up late you know our kids used to go to bed at 6 30 7 o'clock when they were little and now they stay up late and yeah so, you need creativity when they're young and creativity when they're old so every season my point is that every season you have to learn and and to communicate about what it looks like for you and your yeah. spouse yeah good stuff good stuff if you have any questions or comments we'd love to hear from you uh, on our Instagram, BLDG58, or you can email us at BLDG58team at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see catch you next, next time. time on this marriage series.